In short, I will not miss Paul Pogba. I'm sure Paul Pogba won't miss United either. Finland are still the second seed. I think we're, we're a better team than Finland. I wouldn't fear them at all coming here. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball. And they're Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. All right, you're very welcome along to Friday Night Racing and Off The Ball. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. You can follow the Twitter account at hri racing and the hashtag is every racing moment. Johnny, it's been a while. How are you? A while. Good to have you back. There you go. Yeah. Missed, uh, missed a great weekend at the Curra, I thought. I was there for the derby and... Um, did you put your your fancy your glad rags on? I think you're still in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, changed, I think, once since, right? But um, yeah, it was uh, the thing about the curra though is like Royal Ascot. You know, there's all the protocol and all the curra, and it's like an Irish thing as well. The curra is just a mixture, and I think Irish race meetings. That that's I think that's one thing the curra struggled with, where it had this kind of. Um, people thought of it as a little bit like Ponzi or something and it's not it didn't feel like that it felt like a really good day I met loads of people I knew from various walks of life and um, the queues were good like it was busy but it wasn't um, you know, obviously a lot of problems with staff at the moment but there's a great vantage point as well from the stand to actually watch the racing which is important and a lot, there's been a lot of negativity about it but I, I felt like meeting people from as I said all, all walks of sport and life on Saturday that they were like give this place a chance because you know it is our showcase flat um, headquarters and it was, it was great racing as well it was just a very enjoyable day yeah um, more enjoyable for Jamie Powell obviously the weekend well he's he with was. us now so yeah. we'll get to him Jamie good afternoon to you how are you hey lads not too bad yourself yeah you obviously did have a good weekend last weekend yeah I've definitely had worse weekends anyway <laughs> Uh, you've you've just done a really good run of form with a bunch of different trainers at the moment. So for anybody who doesn't know, you're you're an apprentice at the moment with uh, Johnny Marta. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm signed on to Johnny. Yeah, I'm in his um, six six mornings a week there. Yeah, right. And at the same time, you're also able to ride for other trainers, and it's with both Johnny and a bunch of other trainers. You're um, you're banging in the winners at the minute. Yeah, it's not been a bad year so far. Anyway, I've, I've had seven winners this year and. You know, it's better than last year at the moment, anyway, which is great. So, um, look, hopefully, we can ride a few more. What's your record for Johnny Fien? Oh, I'm not too sure. It's it's not bad though. If if Johnny Fien books you as a jockey, that's a good sign. Is there a shrewder man of few words in racing, Jamie? No, look. To be fair to me, he is very good at getting horses ready for for the big day, and um, you wouldn't say much. And, He'd be very laid back, but um, he, he's well able to train them. The pr- the progress of Anna Sire has been remarkable, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, and, and the same with um, Urban Oasis as well. Another horse of his that look, he starts on a low mark and they build their way up through. And look, he, he's been um, very lucky with them two horses anyway. How did your relationship actually uh, commence? Because obviously, um, I think it's very interesting for a punter and for a trainer when you're trying to eke out, particularly in like the likes of the Rockingham, you're trying to eke out an extra few pounds and you book a jockey who's young and able to claim. Did he? Did he, he obviously saw some talent in you from an early stage. Maybe I'm. I'm not really sure. Um, I just got a call off my agent Kevin Ryan to to say that I was um, going to be riding his horse uh, Urban Oasis the first day, and look, it, it kind of went from there. Then he he won um, three in a row, and 
he's, he's given me uh, plenty of opportunities on other horses that he's trained and look it's, it's been going good so far anyway and just for anybody who's in any doubt um, after the weekend Johnny Fiend said Jamie's ridden five winners for me now from eight rides with two seconds and a fourth he's doing well for me at the moment anyway he said at the moment anyway that's, yeah. so, that's such a Johnny Fiend comment like that strike rate is stratospheric and it's like he's doing he's doing alright he's doing right at the moment anyway. hard away. I think he's a, he's a fascinating character uh, Johnny Fiend Jamie no, he, he can be, but look, he, he's been great to me and he's given me um, some great opportunities and two of the biggest winners of my career. So, look, mm. I, I don't have a bad word to say about So, Johnny, uh, tell us about the Rockingham Handicap and, and wh- why is this a big race and why is it important? Yeah, where, do they, where do they go on? One of the big sprint handicaps in Ireland and... Um, I suppose traditionally Irish sprinters, um, you know, we've had, we've had good years, more bad than good. Sprinting isn't necessarily a big thing in Ireland, but the Rockingham um, is a race of a lot of prestige. And Jamie's ride in the race was coming in after what did Anna Sawyer get for the previous day? It was a big height, Jamie, anyway. It was, yeah. She, she won a big handicap up the Curra to start before, but look, she, she had a, a, low, a low, low enough weight going into that day, anyway. Did you, like, tell us how the race panned out? Because you came up the stand side, didn't you? I did, yeah. I, I was drawn um stand side and look he just said kinda of jump and, and keep it simple but we went slow enough, she travelled away lovely and look on a day like that when there's a, a bit of rain and a bit of juice in the ground, it's always a, a big advantage to come up the stand side in the curry, you know. For the likes of Johnny Fiends, well that's a big race to win because he's not going to get like he's gonna to struggle to get on get the very good horses so to win a Rockingham is definitely a feather in your cap. Okay. Uh, that was your second win um on the day, I think, or certainly over the weekend anyway, because your first win was in the Sherry Fitz country homes handicap for Kevin Coleman it was yeah that, that was the race before actually yeah um, I, I, I won the race before for Kevin and, and then went out and run the, won the, the Rockingham for John Fiend so that's a good half hours work absolutely you could have worse uh, and do you like everybody who comes on is always very cautious because you know everybody points out that racing is a very dangerous game but also at the end of your career if you win 10% of your races you're doing bloody well like so nobody gets too carried away but I think you're probably allowed to get carried away for half an hour after you've won two races in a row with the Curra Derby weekend did you get a little bit carried away? Not not really you know I had no more rides for the day but look if, if you've a ride after riding a winner you know that that's your main concern after that the, the race you just won is behind you and it's on to the next one you know that's, that's the way you have to be in racing can't get too high and you can't get too low either you know yeah. does confidence kind of breed confidence like do you go into the Rockingham just feeling that like extra percent kind of more bullish about things I think so anyway mm. yeah look you know you know you can do it and when, when you're riding winners you know you're good enough to be riding winners and when you're riding with confidence things just seem to, to happen a bit easier you know it's, it's definitely a big help what, what do you make of the standard of young riders I mean it's not like you've, you're, you're overly experienced to talk about it but it, it is generally said Jamie that this generation is just very very strong Absolutely, yeah. Look, there, there's plenty of lads in the weigh room at the moment, anyway, who are, who are very good riders and, and, and probably going to have good careers, you know. But look, the pony racing is a big help. There's there's lots of lads coming through um, the pony racing ranks there that are, are riding on the track now and they're they're already polished and they know what's going on. But look, there's there's definitely um, a good bunch of riders at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's just said time and time again on the show. The education that the pony racing gives you in terms of like you're almost ready made when you start riding horses. 
Yeah, look, I, I had no experience with pony racing, unfortunately. Mm. It, it would have been a big help to me, but you can see the likes of lads that are just starting off that, that have ridden um, pony racing. You know, they're definitely not £10 claimers or £7 claimers. You know, they're, they, they know what they're doing and it's a big help to them. Well, actually, on that then, what, like, so what's the difference in the likes of you and uh, joining the apprentice ranks without that background versus lads who, as you say, have, it's almost like they've come through minor football? Yeah, it just takes a bit more time to kind of get used to everything, you know. It, it took me probably a bit too long to get used mm. to everything, but it's just different. That the, When the lads are doing pony racing, they're used to being around other lads with the horses and everything, you know what I mean? But for, for me, it was just a big big shock when I started off. It does it does take a while to kind of get used to it, but when, you, when you've um, a few rides pony racing, you kind of have a, an idea of what's going on. And roughly how many rides have you had so far? Um, I think I had about 200 so far I think so where where do you track your progress like does it take 100 rides to get used or does it take more um, does it take a lot of Dundalk and the all weather like how do you are you are you still kind of improving now or when do you feel like yeah I'm actually getting there no I, I think it takes about kind of 20-30 rides just to, to kind of get used to everything and, and what's going on but look you're, you still have to improve every day every day you're riding you learn something you know but after, as I said, about 20 or 30 rides, you kind of start to know what's going on in a race. For, for the first 20 rides, it's all just happening and, you know, you're just part of the race. But after that, you can kind of start seeing who you're following and everything like that in a race. But um, it just takes a bit of getting used to it. You had your first ride in 2019, is that right? Yeah, up the Curra um, for, for Mr. Ox on a horse called Brave Display, yeah. Right. Uh, how were your nerves ahead of that? What, do, you, do you remember the build-up to that? Because there's a, there's a video of you... Um, uh, getting a lesson at race and I'll talk to you about race in a moment I'm fairly sure it's at race anyway um, you were getting a, a coaching lesson um, from Warren O'Connor and there's just footage of you the night before getting a lesson and you think of the journey of the kid on that horse to now the person who's sitting here talking to us uh, three years later who's gone through a whole heap of things in the 200 odd rides that you've had since how much of that week and the build up to that do you remember? Plenty of it yeah um, I, I remember Mr Ox telling me that I was going to be riding the horse and look I was over the moon it's it's my local track and all um, but it was just excitement board nerves at the start and then at the end of the day of the race you're a bit nervous but look once you get the leg up it's, it's business then and, and the nerves kind of go out the window And how long was it before you got your first winner? 70 rides maybe it was a very long time coming yeah right yeah it's, it's interesting I think I think a lot of like footballers kind of can develop like a little bit later um, th- what you're saying Jamie it's not abnormal but at the same time when you see like Jamie Powell claiming 10 like after 70 rides people almost do start kind of half writing you off as well I suppose absolutely yeah and look you know you start doubting yourself as well thinking you can't do it but once you get the first winner you, you get that bit of confidence as, as we spoke about earlier and things just start happening then but it, it did take me a long time to get my first winner but things are going okay at the moment anyway. like that must be an amazing feeling because some people um, achieve it quite early but after 70 like it, I don't know how many like near misses you'd had at that stage but that must be some feeling absolutely yeah, no, it, was, it was a massive relief for me anyway and it was taking a long time to come but um, it, it was nearly even better when it did come then you know because I'd waited so long for it but no it was it was definitely a great day that was Johnny Murtis horse in Bellustown was it it was two year old yeah three yeah. bags full yeah so interesting Jamie was a 70 uh, race maiden and I think the horse was back from like sixes into 
uh, 13 to 8 or something all day so it's like it just shows that people the market realised that Jamie hadn't ridden a winner but like he wasn't uh, it wasn't Jamie's fault no. that he was good enough and um, you kick on from there I guess well can I just ask you that's it yeah mm. do you look back on anything you did in that time that you would go back and go oh, I, I could have short circuited that I could have sped things up if I'd done things differently or is that actually just the truth about how hard the game is no, a bit of both really you know um, starting in Johnny Murtis was was a big help for me because he kind of got me into the, the racing zone then you know when I was starting off I was kind of just being part of the race as I said but Johnny was a big help to me and helping me um, you know how to get a posse in a race and who to be following and everything like that but it, it's a bit of both at the same time you know look there's so many good riders that that are riding the best horses but when you do get the chance you have to take them and unfortunately it took me a bit long but um, no, it came in, it came in the end yeah. how, how did the Murta thing come about then? Sorry? How did the Murta link come about? Um, I, I was with uh, Mr John Ox and um, when he was retiring um, he asked Niall McCullough where, where do you think the, the best place for me to go would be and Niall said to, to Johnny Murta's you know so um, Mr Ox kind of organised all that for me and Johnny was happy enough to have me and Okay, I haven't looked back since that sounds exactly like something John Ox would do alright kind of looking after you despite the fact that he's gone out himself absolutely yeah no look he was an absolute gentleman couldn't have a bad word to say about him and he helped me plenty um, look he, he put me into a good yard and look I'll be forever ever grateful for that what's the um, it, what's it like in Marches then and how good is Ben Cohen um, I think it was one of the, I was talking to Ger about like I, I haven't been racing as much as I was racing Jamie and I one of the things about it was Obviously, at a race meeting, 90, 90 to 95% of your day is spent talking or doing something that isn't involved in looking at the sport because the sport is like the Rockingham takes place over a minute. So you end up talking to a lot of people and a lot of people are saying to me, this Ben Cohen is the next big thing. So what do you make of him? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I agree with that. He's he's only young himself, but um, he's a very level head and he's very mature and a great rider as well. And he'd be very good to me. He'd be riding work with him in the mornings. He'd be giving me advice, you know, but... Um, He's a great rider, and I think he, he will probably go far in the game. He got Shartash up on the literally on the line in the in the in the in the two year olds uh, six four long race, and I was reminded of when we did the feature of himself and his cousin and Gavin Ryan, Andrew Slattery, Gavin Ryan, and him when we did a feature at Fairyhouse just before the leaving cert, and Ben was saying that he may or may not have written down his name on one of the leaving cert forms. He he'd forgotten. I asked him what day was the leaving cert starting the following week, and he told me like Wednesday, but it was actually Friday or vice versa. He didn't even know what day the leaving cert was starting. I never met somebody as laid back as him. That seems to kind of come. True in his races as well um, James just the way he rides absolutely yeah look you'd, you'd see him in the weigh room on, on the big days like Derby weekend and he's very laid back and he'd never get too high or low either you know but um, look he's, he's a great lad and I get on very well with him he's been a big help to me since I went to Johnny's and uh, I'm always interested right so Johnny Mart is one of the world's great jockeys for a long period of time and then is turning into be a great trainer as well it's mm. very rare that you're able to do mm. more than one high profile difficult sports job to be able to do two mm. is fairly remarkable uh, when you're well, obviously Johnny's training right and his job is to train the horses to get them right but you as a jockey are trying to learn from him as well so how do you how do you learn from a trainer who's obviously most interested in making sure the horses are fit but who also has a you know a vested interest in making sure that you continue to improve as well yeah, no, absolutely, Johnny. He, he's great for for um, helping you out. You know, after the races, if I I got the replay up on my phone, he'd 
he'd look through with me and kind of tell me where I went right, right and wrong. And in the mornings, even riding work, you know, he'd be, be always just giving you little, little bits of advice. And he was a great jockey. So when when he talks, you really do listen. And um, he's he's been absolutely um, great for me in my career. Is that technical stuff like position, body position, when you're using the whip, where your hands are? Or is it more kind of mental, like you need to be prepared, you need to be on edge? Or how, how, what, what bits of advice are they? Um, kind of a bit of both, you know, he, he kind of have you on the ball, really. You know, you need to be sharp in Ireland and, you know, getting your position in, in a race early is, is very important. And then, you know, who to be following and the likes of that, you know, he's just he just be helping you um, sharpen up. And, you know, he, he's great for um, watching back the race, as I said. And, Telling you where you went right and wrong. Uh, and I think it's improve. yeah. I think it's some Jamie that they could even do more. Like a, when even I was looking back to head on of Colin Keane and Westover, like and it, it wasn't really commented on, but like Westover has a bad tendency to veer left in his races, and Colin Keane like was so pronounced with his left hand drive and his position in the race in terms of tactically. Like is he is he somebody you'd look up to as kind of the main guy to sort of learn from or? Absolutely, yeah. Look, Colin rarely puts a foot wrong, and he's another lad that's very good for if you had any advice. But um, look, he, he's a great rider. He's very strong, and nine times out of ten, he's in the right position. So if you're following Colin in a race, you know you're not going wrong. I think see, there's so much going on in the race, Roger. It's not a case of like Galway we are playing Limerick on Sunday, and Limerick should win. Like, and it's as simple as that. And there are some little nuances in races. So much is happening in terms of like how how even confident the jockey is going into the race. Like, um, does it does he lose the race at the stalls? You know, um, does he go too fast? Um, does his horse itself not perform? Like, and I don't know. There, there's there's so much going on I guess in your head Jamie in that race that's it yeah look you, you go out with a plan every time you're riding you know but once the stall's open you kind of just have to improvise and you can go to plan B or C very yeah. quickly but um, how often does the plan A like kind of work out is it half the time less than half the time I mean you look at Ryan Moore in the Gold Cup like I'd say he was at plan E by the end but still won the race that's it yeah look after going five strides from the stalls you could could end up in a completely different position than you planned going out in the race, you know. So before race, you kind of make these things up in your head that what you want to do. But once the stall is open, you just kind of have to improvise then. Yeah, I think I think it's jockey stats is something that like is definitely in its infancy in terms of like um, just showing more data in terms of what's going on in races because it's it's too binary saying oh he's the heart rate that's the that, yeah I'd be very interested in that yeah, absolutely and yeah. how, how do you feel like you're getting better are there specific things that you're trying to work on kind of independently of the advice that you ask of your peers and and people who are more experienced or, or Johnny or whoever else you have like is it is it physical fitness is it strength is it actually just spending time with horses that you think you're going to end up riding in a race so you know a bit more about them and you're more intimately familiar with what they how they might respond to pressure what are you trying to do to improve um fitness really is a, is a big thing for jockeys you know if if you're not fit and you're getting to the two furlong pole and all you can think in your head is oh how quick till i can stop pushing you know that's that's not a good sign but mm. yeah you have to be fit and strong you know and when you're fit and strong that you're not thinking about getting tired you know you're just thinking about the race but look it's something i, I really do focus on i come down to race here with Wayne Middleton he's um, a great help to me you know I'd be here once or twice a week every week with him you know so okay, he's been a great help and the fitter you are kind of easier everything else happens you know and wh- what are you doing is that pure cardio is it is it weights what, what, what kind of stuff are you doing you kind of mix it up a bit you know you, you'd start off with a, a bit of weights and finish off with cardio but look he, he, he's great and he, he knows what he's doing he, he'd make a kind of plan out for you in the day and he go through with you but no he's a great help 
So you finished race in, in 2019. You're down there again today, um, I think, handing out an award. Is that right? Yeah, I was down doing the, the most improved um, rider award for, for this year's um, graduation. I won it in 2019. So, uh, look, Grace kindly asked me to come back and and um, handed out to the winner this year so look it's great to be back and we had a bit of banter on OTBM this morning that I'm in the magical turn in 40 this year and it's like one of these moments in your life when you see the 4-0 balloons in the in the party and you're like oh my god did, did that was that the first time you felt old when you're actually presenting a prize to young kids you're not the same Johnny don't, you don't have to answer that <laughs> that's Jamie just, that's just a ladder you're along totally the way different. you're totally different did, did, did they look up yeah. at you as this old lad Jamie <laughs> Absolutely, I know. I was only saying to a few lads there. It's it's weird being back. You know, I, I, it feels like it was last week I was here receiving the award. You know, but um, time flies and race is great for for people starting off riding. And I hopefully um all them kids will have a good career in race. What what's it like race actually? Great, absolutely great. No, everyone, all the staff and everyone that's involved with it are absolutely lovely and they're always here to help you. You know, um, I came into race with not much riding experience. And, I, I learned the basics in here and it's put me in good stead then for, for when I went out on yard placement. Why didn't you have uh, a lot of experience? Like it, it, it was, was it, here's a better question, was it always in your head that you wanted to be a jockey? No, it wasn't. When, when I was a little kid it was and I kind of fell out of love with the game for, for a good while and came back to it then when I was 15 or 16 and I'd never sat on a racehorse till I was 17, you know, so when I came to race it, it was just kind of learning the basics and learn how to tack up and everything like that you know but um, look race were great to me and I could, uh, couldn't highly recommend it to, uh, to anyone looking to get into racing you know and was it a straightforward enough you, you kind of found race straight away or how, how did you end up going there because you know it's not an obvious thing for a lot of people to um, a, lot, a lot of people at that age 15 when they're deciding they want to do something don't actually know how to go and do it yeah um, I was in school and i just done my um, junior cert so I um I was going to go to race for for my transition year. My my cousin um, Robert Dolan came to race a couple of years prior to that. So you know I, I knew of it through him, and I said I'd come here for my transition year. But when when I finished the course, I had the opportunity to to get a license out. So. I took that opportunity and uh, never looked back. I think it's possibly the first time ever on a show that a, a jockey said he or she fell out of love with the game that early because you have... What happened, Jamie? Because, you, I mean, you can tell us about your background in terms of your breeding for the job, but um, obviously you, you had, a, you had I guess, moments in your life where you thought you were going to do something else. Yeah, look, when I was a little kid, you know, four or five years of age, I was mad about racing. It was all I'd watch on TV, you know, and... I kind of got to six or seven and none of my friends were interested in, in racing or anything and it was more kind of soccer and Gaelic you know and I just kind of started to veer that way a bit and lost interest in racing really but um, you know Robert my cousin was starting to, to ride a bit and got got me interested in it again you know but there there was a period of my life there for five or six years that I, I had no interest in racing and never watched it or anything you know but That's mad. luckily when I came here I just got, got the bug again you know I, I don't know if, if people will be familiar, but you, your dad died very young, but he was a brilliant jockey in his time. Are you... He's definitely a chip off the old block, well, are by you, the way. That's one thing that I think we have to say. Are you very familiar with his career? Is that something that you, you have gone back to and studied and, and watched videos of, or is that not something that you've done just yet? Well, yeah, my, my dad passed away when I was only a baby. I was four or five months old, but I wouldn't have had any memories of him. But um, yeah, look, I've, I've looked back through... Um, few of his races and that you know the big days but um, he, he won the Irish National in 1989 and made the money you know it's the big days like that I've seen I, I wouldn't be too fond of, 
of the rest of his career really just just the big days but um yeah look it was um that probably would have been the, the biggest influence of me not being involved in horses you know I'd say if he was still around it probably would have all been horses mm. my life would have been a lot different but it was just kind of the way it went my mum just kind of wanted me to be happy she wasn't pushing me to, to ride horses or anything and luckily when you catch the bug you can't really get out of it but um, no, at the moment it's it's going good anyway she must have been a great influence on your life absolutely yeah look she, she's a great woman she, she raised myself and my two sisters on her own so um she's very strong and no matter what it was she always supported me and she was there to help for, for everything I needed you know and dropping me around the place for, for all sorts you know but she um, she's a great woman and she was with me there at the weekend as well so she got a good kick out of that yeah, that's class yeah I remember like my, my uh, cousin of mine our neighbour's home Sean his dad died very young and I, I always I always wonder like what, what was that upbringing like um, Jamie was it um, were you treated any differently to the rest of the kids or did you just I guess you knew no different yeah, no, look, it was not much different for me, really, you know, on certain days, like Father's Day there or something like that, when your friends are going somewhere with their dads, that was kind of the main thing where you felt like you were missing out. But, no, look, my mum was great and she she never really let me get too down. She was always there to, to cheer me up and pick us up, you know, but, look, she's great and she's done so much for us all and forever thankful. Really. I, I guess he'd be like days like Sunday, he'd be uber proud of you. Uh, please God, anyway, hopefully. And did you feel pressure when you started out as a jockey, given that he had had a, a successful career and had had won a national, or was was that in any way present when when you're riding and deciding to ride and making breakthroughs? Not really. No, look, it was kind of more of a. I knew people were going to know me a little bit more than than um, a kid just starting out, but I never really felt pressure or anything. You know, it was just kind of take it how it was, and if people know you, they do. But no, I never felt really um, much pressure. You mentioned he won an Irish national, obviously a um, national hunt jockey. You're a flat jockey. Is there is that your intention is to be a flat jockey? That's it now for you. Or will you ever consider being a national hunt? Or um, you know, obviously the the lifestyles are, of the two are quite different. Um, so no, I, I think I think at the moment it's it's going to be uh, staying on the flash. You know, I'm, I'm probably too light to be going over jumps, but um, look, I've plenty of interest in, in the flat racing more than I would in the, the jump racing. So. I'm happy enough to, to stay on the ground anyway. How was your weight? Good, yeah, I was 7.13 there today, so I've eight stone in the last today in Bellustown, but no, it's handy enough. Um, I wouldn't have to sweat or waste, which is which is a big help. Do, do, uh, just just looking at Bellustown, is it like Bellustown, um, when was the first time you were in Bellustown, Jamie? When I rode my first winner, I think that, that was the, the first day I was there and first ride I had. And like, so... Um, I just think it's remarkable how strong Irish racing is. So Bellustown will be considered this like fun summer track. It's a bit of an idiosyncratic track. Yet you're looking at the maiden yesterday where uh, there was word for Gerline's newcomer who finished second to a horse of Joseph O'Brien's with serious form who two years ago won the same race with Pretty Gorgeous. And you're like, oh, these maidens even at Bellustown and like even Roscommon and these provincial tracks, just like there's, the standards in Irish racing seem so high like from in, in some depth as well. Absolutely, yeah. Look, it just shows how, how strong Irish racing is, you know. Everyone's having um, having to bring their best horses to win these maidens and no matter where you go, kind of one or two are going to show up anyway, you know. But um, look, Irish racing is just so strong and there's so many horses over here that, that are well capable of winning races, you know. Uh, one last kind of line of question for me. I have a vague understanding now after doing this for five or six years of, of how the apprenticeship works. Um, 
as you write out your claim over drums is it exactly the same in the flat game more or less yeah yeah it's, it's 95 winners to, to write out your claim and become a professional I think it's similar enough on the jumps yeah you were a while to go to the, the, the thing like I think claimers are definitely in fashion Jamie in that like when people like people see your claim and, and you win a, you win a double at the car on one of the biggest days of the year like that does definitely help and then I guess it's Kevin's job to kind of manage it absolutely yeah look Kevin would be good at that you know he, he'd want you riding at them big meetings you know and he, you'd mind your claim a bit then over over the winter and Dundalk but Look, the claim is, is a, a huge help, especially on, on big weekends when, when lads are looking to, to claim off low weights or, or heavy weights, you know. So um, the seven-month claim is definitely a big help to me and hopefully I can hold on to it for mm. a bit, bit it, longer. It diminishes, obviously. It, you don't go from seven to zero. So how does it go on the flat from seven, seven to five? Seven, five, three, zero. Right. Yeah. And the, I want you get three or ten, Jamie, and then it's just incremental from there. Um, I think so, yeah. yeah. Mm. So you're... How many winners to your five? Um, I have 13 at the moment I think it's 35 till you get down to 5 so, he, so you, you'll be at that probably the most popular time maybe in your life uh, it'll be basically from here here on until 5 anyway yeah 7, seven, seven pounds and 5 is kind of the best time for apprentices when you get down to 3 it can be a bit hard and mm. lads will seem to, to kind of get quiet you know because trainers are going to think if you can claim 3 you might as well you know use a, a jockey so mm. when you Five and seven pounds is the best time of your career as, a, as an apprentice. It's such a weird system, isn't it? Where you, you're like super valuable for a period of time, and then after you've proven yourself able to win these races, That's they're like, the no, actually don't really want you. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, like because I, you just see, like when even the three pounds is interesting because it's still three pounds, but it's it's interesting you say that, Jamie. You're like, well, sure, why can't I use a professional at that at that rate? Yeah, it's just some owners and trainers find that. If they, if they can take three off, they might as well use a, a professional jockey. And you know, there's there's not much difference. But when it comes to the five and seven, it's it's a bit more of weight. But that just seems to be the, the way it is, you know. Just, just in relation to it, like, do you know much about Charitash from from at home? The the the, the, the two year old Invincible Spirit that won on Saturday. Yeah, I've sat on him a few times. Yeah, I haven't ridden him any work now or anything. Just canters, but. Uh, yeah, he's a nice horse. It was a, it was a mad day at the Curragh because this horse was threes and seven to two in the morning, and I thought he was definitely worth the bet because he was unexposed. You go to the track, he's ten to one, and I I was sort of saying to you lads, I am back in this, but I presume my money is gone because this drift. And I I brought me back to when we were talking to Johnny Murtle last week. I think he was a small bit worried that the horse were a bit in and out, but did you have a bit of kind of stable confidence in him going into the race? Well, myself, I, as I said, I hadn't ridden much, but from talking to Ben and, and Johnny, they were they were very confident with him, and he seemed to be in good order. But Ben's always liked him, and I think mm. he's ridden him nearly all his bits of work. But um, ben, ben thinks he's a nice horse, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said to me that that he'd make up into a group horse, so he was right. Anyway, Ben's not wrong. Before I, my my last um, looking for information, tip and type thing here is a horse called Lemon Ice at Nays tomorrow. Do you know much about her? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have sat on her much either. No, no. That's that's a that's a. You can read into that what you want. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, she's, she's a very interesting horse tomorrow at Nice. Anyway, uh, Jamie, uh, the uh, apprenticeship to to finish that off. Is there a time frame in your head where you're like, I'm my plan is two years, three years. I'll be a professional, and at that stage, I'll be ready to kick on, and I'll expect a little bit of a downturn or a shortness, a short period where. I might not be getting the best horses, but I'm going to prove myself through that. How, like, what's your vision for how that all falls out over the next couple of years? 
at the moment really it's just kind of focusing on now really more than the future you know you, you kind of have to take every day as it comes but look, obviously I, I know it's when you get down to the tree it can be hard but you know um, at the moment it's just focusing on keeping keep trying to improve and my my um my biggest goal yet is, is to get down to the five you know that's that's the next target anyway right and is that like a 2022 target or if that happened in the middle of next year you think that'll be okay as well or what what's your in your head is there a clock for that well coming into the year i, I said if i got down to the five this year it would be great right if i have a bit to go yet but um if i came into this season starting with the seven again next year I wouldn't be too upset, you know. Yeah, well, if you keep banging in the winners the way you are at the moment, then it's going to happen sooner safe, rather than later. Safe to say if he's riding for Johnny Veen. Just, just back it, I think. Yeah, moment. all right. Jamie Powell, congratulations on a brilliant weekend last weekend and also on being an outlad now that you're handing out the awards instead yeah. of receiving them at yeah. race. Next thing you'll be 40, yeah. Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, Jamie, it goes by very fast and, like, I remember when I was in school and the principal was saying, these are the best days of your life and we didn't believe him. But I definitely believe me when I say it goes by fast and enjoy yourself. Old man Johnny Ward. Here, you, you've, you've got the Royal Ascot gear on. Were you over there? I, I went over last year, yeah, with um, one of Johnny's horses. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a great experience. Yeah, to, to Next year you'll be riding there. The pomp and circumstance, yeah. Please, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, listen, congratulations. Great to have you with us, Jamie. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks very much. Thanks, lad. Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. Yeah, this is Friday Night Racing brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie and the hashtag is every racing moment. This week, Tote have announced their plans for the 2022 Galway races, which include sponsoring the Tote Galway Plate for the 13th consecutive year on Wednesday the 27th of July along with a full supporting card of Tote sponsored races. Tote will also recognise a contribution made by stable staff to racing by sponsoring the stable staff canteen for all seven days of the Galway races. And this weekend sees more tote-sponsored racing, including today's tote handicap hurdle at Wexford and four races on the card at Tremor this Sunday. The sunny southeast is where the uh, the hotbed of racing is going to be this weekend. Um, just let's talk a bit, bit, bit about the derby. Uh, I've been warning you, be careful what you wish for, Johnny. And then the English Raiders come over mm. and they, they took our jabs. I mean... Yeah, well, <clears throat> thankfully, like, um, thankfully, Westover did come over because it's it's uh, it made it into an interesting race. And he was a very impressive winner of what was a, probably a sort of an average derby. The Irish derby's in a definitely an interesting place. Alan Sweetman, who will be one of the respected kind of um you know judges in the press room um such as this in an, in an anachronistic term nowadays to an extent um he wrote a piece in the race post that they need to reduce the derby to 10 furlongs which um was a thought provoking piece i'm actually a bit of a traditionalist and I, I like the distance of the race but it is in slightly in no man's land at the moment if Tuesday hadn't been supplemented it would have been a poor Irish derby but we've become used to that unfortunately why does Alan Sweetman think the race needs to be shorter um Essentially because it's it's just getting down the track of not attracting overseas horses and it's to do with the fact that it's a mile and a half um, on your CV in terms of your stallion prospects isn't what it used to be. And if you look at, he mentioned that he, he did a follow-on piece this week and he was saying like how Sadler as well has produced all these brilliant middle-distance horses. But Sadler as well as himself never actually won over a mile and a half. And if you were to bring the race back to a mile and two, um, it's a different 
prospect. I think as a stallion, a mile and two and a mile and four is is a distinction. And Brendan Duke um, Jr. made an interesting um, kind of thesis about it in the sense that you could win the Newmarket Guineas, then go to Epsom and win the Derby, and then come back to the Irish Derby for a triple crown over the mile and two that would do no harm whatever to your stallion prospects whereas the um, triple crown itself is completely anachronistic because the ledger is a long time away and it's over a mile and six and once you go down the route of winning over a mile and six you're a national hunt stallion basically if you're a derby winner most derby winners do not make good stallions but if you're a derby winner you're still um, in theory you're going to be a flat stallion and the, the, the Irish derby has slipped down the order in terms of its pecking in, 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 the, in the world order of races and I, the, the problem is like we had a roadshow last week and we were looking back at Monju coming over and Dalacani and these great French horses. It doesn't happen anymore. So Vadini... Money, the, is the prize money not enough to... No, it's them? not. Like, I, I, don't think, I don't think prize money at that level um, really matters. matters. People are extremely wealthy. It's more... Like, the prize money is fine, but, like, it's, it's grand you and me debating whether we go for a half a million race or a 750 grand race. Like, these are owner-breeders or they're, like, extremely wealthy people like Adolphin or Cool Moore. And they're thinking the, the bottom line is down the line, not the, not the prize money... Like prize money is not a reason in Ireland. Or if we want to go down the road of the Saudis and have like ob- obscene prize purses of twenty million for races sponsored by the government, that's fine. But we're not going to do that. So we have to look at other ways. And I thought it was interesting because it, the Curra is a fantastic racetrack. Um, it's it's a far easier track than Epsom to to get a you know a horse to get balanced and all that. But there isn't that much I think the Curra can do. It's just sandwiched between. The, sorry, the French Derby went back to mile and two. That's the, right. the elephant in the room here. Okay. So they don't necessarily Come over anymore. What's that? What? from what from the mile and a half so right. once that happened and you can say tradition is tradition but there isn't actually a three year old mile and two group one in Ireland or Britain at all so it will be a new race and if and we can't just have a big race that goes over a mile and two uh, I mean the Coral Eclipse tomorrow is obviously the first mile and two but that's open to older horses I think there might be one two or three year old in the race tomorrow I, I on the balance think it's it's well worth considering um, and I don't know how the powers that be look into that and it would be a big big move uh, counter to the tradition of the Derby which has been over a mile and a half for so long but I'm not sure what the Curra can do otherwise and only for Tuesday being supplemented that was a terrible Irish Derby she made it a very interesting one she didn't run a great race um, but we need we need something because the English winners well, don't that, come over anymore is partly that Luxembourg was injured as well and so therefore yeah. the best horse from O'Brien that, wasn't there and so yeah and he didn't run a single colt I think that was for the first time in I don't know, 25 odd years. So his, the implication being that his his horses just aren't as good and Luxembourg is the main one and he's injured. That's a fair point. Um, but I was thinking there, like the, the Galileo, um, Aidan's middle distance, like there's no Irish horse in the Eclipse tomorrow, which is a bit strange. So we don't have any mile and two horses deemed good enough to win it or run it at the moment. And Aidan's influence is going to change now because Galileo is dead and the Galileo influence will be there on the dam side and through his sons like Frankel and so on but Aidan will not have access to these Galileo derby horses every year and I, I can foresee a situation where um, Irish racing is going to change and his Aidan's dominance is going to definitely be eroded possibly by Joseph well definitely by Joseph but also by trainers like Johnny Murta and Ger Lines who Ger uh, had a treble I think on the Friday of the Curra Johnny Murta won a group one um, and I think because Galileo is dead that that means that Aiden is not going to be a dominant anymore because there literally was only one Galileo.
Right. Um, so I think that's going to be... all the Galileo offspring are going to start popping out their sprogs and... Yeah, but they, they're not... They, I don't think Galileo... I'm not even sure Frankel is... Frankel probably that's won't be... That's a technical be, term. Yeah. Frank, Frankel will probably get unbelievable racehorses, but, but in terms of their mind and their mentality, they're definitely, by and large, they're not as straightforward as Galileo horses, and that matters for so much. The rest of his, his sons have done okay at Stoad. You look at Australia, Glen Eagles, Churchill, but none of them is, are, none of them is going to be an absolute superstar. That's I think we can say that for certain none of them is going to be a Galileo so Frankel will get really good horses Aiden, Aiden doesn't have many Frankels um, and you see the Frankel horse coming over romping home in the Irish Derby um, so I think the, the narrative is going to change and like Aiden's 51 or whatever he's still young and fresh looks looks another God, 40 years to go God yeah I mean he could could be going on for a long time but I, I do see the narrative changing and with all due respect Aiden O'Brien says like you know we don't want, we don't want to win every race so I think it won't be a bad thing for Irish racing if the bounty is shared and if there's somebody other than cool more winning races um, yeah I mean it'll certainly lead to more competition the fact that an English raider comes over and wins the derby do a lot of other English trainers and owners start thinking actually maybe we could start going back there or is that Possibly, one off yeah. specific to the fact that a weak Irish crop opportunistic let's go and yeah like, like Desert Crown would have I mean, he may not have won the Derby, but he would have been an outstanding favourite. Um, but they have King George aspirations for him. And I think since 2004, a British trained winner of the Epsom Derby hasn't run at all in Ireland. So the horses that win the Derby and come over here are invariably like Harzand or um, Camelot or whatever Irish trained horses. But we did have an unlucky in running um, third and, and the, the the big thing about this was as well everyone thought the, the Kerr is going to suit Westover a lot more than Epsom and that that's what that's I think it has to be pushing that and maybe the Kerr needs to like Brian Cavanagh has an interesting job at this stage of his career I mean it's kind of he's had a long run of, of at the top of Irish racing the Kerr is a different challenge and it's like a, something of a free hit for him at this stage of his career because you know he's, he's had a, a great career in racing sure he, he doesn't feel that, but go on. No, but you know what I mean. It's not yeah. like so. But so that I'm not saying that's a caveat. But Brian needs to. And I was speaking to him this week. I think generally he was happy with the Derby, but the Curra, like the money that was spent on it, it needs to get people back, and it needs to get the horses back from England and France. And you know, Pat Kyo was massive. Like Pat Kyo used to put in the air miles trying to get Japanese horses over for the Champions League. So I think Brian's challenge is to get those overseas runners. And also just get local people to go to the Curra because it's it's it has fallen off the local map to some extent. Yeah, I think um, in a weird way, while it's disappointing that an Irish horse doesn't end up winning, it's in the long run going to be better because you can build up a rivalry, you can have more stories, we'll now have more interest in what racing is is happening across. Westover was ridden by Colin Keane, right? Colin Keane is, is is a popular lad in racing. Like he would have gotten more of a cheer than Aidan O'Brien winning the race again. Being honest, because like I mean, he's trained by Rafe Beckett. He's running for Khalid Abdullah. It's not like he's running for tiny connections. But it was Colin Keane riding his first Derby winner, and and there was no lack of atmosphere when Westover crossed the line. Because I'd say half the crowd had him backed. And let's be honest, like money talks. So it's like Aidan O'Brien winning or not winning the the Derby again. Like it doesn't really matter. And Aidan will probably admit that himself. So yeah, it's like, but one of the other Irish trainers coming through and winning the Derby, yeah, would be, would be great. It would, and it will happen. Yeah. It will happen. Pisbadil finished second for Dunica, so yeah, it will happen. Um, but nobody wants Kilkenny winning the hurling every year. Um, some people may want it to be Clare, but we know what I mean. We want the shares. Rich. People got fed up of Gaelic football because Dublin won it every year. Um, so we don't want totally, it. Yeah. With my very limited knowledge, I was looking at the odds pre-race going, Pisbadil seems very overpriced here. One bad run and all of a sudden, like the mm. previous stuff that led to everybody thinking and crowning him, a, this is an amazing horse. All of a sudden it was like, 
Now, ran grand to finish second, ran very well to finish second, obviously, but I thought that was, he was like, started about 10, 12 to 1. Yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting race book because, like, Tuesday probably didn't deserve to be as short as she was. I mean, she was an Oaks winner, which was probably a, a lucky Oaks winner. Um, but, like, I, we did a, an On The Wire podcast for it, and three of us tipped the winner and two of them went for Pizbadil and hardly anyone was tipping Westover despite the fact like he was massively eye-catching in the derby and he was coming over Colin Keane was riding him and Colin Keane gave him a super ride it was like literally after a furlong you were like this horse is just going to win yeah um, and flawless. it was it was I, I, I was you know delighted for Colin but I will reiterate I, I thought I think racing has challenges going forward in terms of attracting people to the races um, because you know people's attention span is short and it is what it is but I, I really really enjoyed the car I have to say and I, I thought it's it was worthy of the day alright that's good uh, anything this weekend for us the, the Eclipse tomorrow um, is as I said a fascinating race um, Vidani coming over from France horse by Churchill who's kind of the signature Churchill horse so far in terms of a son of Galileo at stud um, I think he's 6-4 to four favourite Lord North is running he was one of Frankie's horror stories where he couldn't get the blind off him in Ascot he had the worst Ascot pretty much imaginable so he's one of a mischief running as well um, fascinating six horse race and you keep an eye out on that Murta horse in um, the Curra particularly if there's any money for it and it's lemon ice and she's one of these horses if she if you back her tomorrow and she doesn't win don't lose the faith alright you don't, 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 don't heard that before from you, Johnny. <laughs> don't lose the faith. Three years later, we're still back in horses. No, no, this one's coming good. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's definitely coming good. Th- th- you're just that. You're literally making that up. I that, don't th- think so. Th- Friday night racing up. and off the ball. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. Johnny, good stuff. We'll see you next Have Friday weekend, at three o'clock on all of OTV social channels, and then of course at eight o'clock on Off the Ball on News Talk. Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland Love every racing moment Visit hri.ie